welcome one in uh, all to a Monday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. The final four is set. We are creeping up like a bad pair of underwear on opening day. <laughs> and uh, the Packers, relatively quiet over the weekend. They did sign a cornerback uh, from the Las Vegas Raiders. But um, that's kind of it. Uh, not a whole lot in the world of big news going on. The only thing that really, really, really gets under my skin, other than the fact that Ben Kenny is so anti-Duke that it is just he's miserable going into the Final Four. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ben Kenny. I'm okay, actually. You all right? Because when I saw Duke win and I saw Shashevsky lean back in his chair and he puts his fingers in his hands behind his head as if he's going to do a sit-up, he's leaning back and then he smiles. And I thought, if I see a red dot like on his forehead, I figure somewhere you're in the arena with a rifle. I'm, I'm doing better than I thought. The key to me that night, Bill, was I turned off the television. Oh, okay. So you just uh, went completely anti then. I, I just, I, I chose to not watch. You and, knew it was coming. Yeah. It was, yeah, it, okay. it had to be Texas Tech and it wasn't. It wasn't. They are on their way to the final four. And you know what? In all honesty, it's all blue bloods. It's all blue bloods in the final four, which, you know, we've talked about numerous times in the program about, you know, some of the better, um, some of the better teams and such that are out there and, and teams that, you know, have had success and such. And, you know, people get bent out of shape about whether or not the Blue Blood should or should not be considered just that and respect among other programs. And it's like, look, these these programs, as much as you would love to hate them, they're there. There's nothing you can do about it. They're there. So you got to kind of you have an understanding as to why they just keep churning it out. And I look, I get the fact that, uh, you know, because we get into this discussion every year when Wisconsin plays well and then the Big Ten and where the Big Ten's respect is. And, you know, first of all, the fact that, that St. Peter's knocks off Purdue, just, you, wow, you know, uh, amazing. Uh, and St. Peter's, the Cinderella story finally comes to an end. We kind of thought that. I really thought that we'd get beat by Purdue. And it's almost like, did you did you watch that game? Yeah. Oh, man. It's almost like Purdue just expected to win. For lack of, I mean, Purdue couldn't have played any more flat. They weren't quick. They didn't pass the ball well. They you know, obviously they were missing shots, but it's like they just expected to win. Like, okay, we're going to go out and just finally end this story, and then we're going to move on. And, and no, it was Purdue. Thir- I mean, and the thing about it is, North Carolina's bigs they dominated. Because you didn't get a lot of second-chance opportunities, St. Peter's did, against the bigs in in the middle in the paint uh, against North Carolina. And North Carolina took it to them in the paint. That's where they won that ball game. And I can't believe Purdue didn't. I I just – were you stunned by that, that Purdue just kept firing it up from the outside? Oh, they were the flattest team I've ever seen. And led led by their stars. Jaden Ivey is supposed to be that guy. And he played one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. I could not believe they just kept firing from the outside. It's like you had a height advantage magnanimously over St. Peter's. St. Peter's is very fast on the perimeter. They got fast hands. They play tight defense. But they were transitioned. And how do you how do you just keep giving up boards? Uh, the fact that they Purdue did not play inside basketball at all. And when they did, they weren't hitting shots. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say that. But... How they just did not play the way North Carolina played, I have no idea. 
because I was really looking forward to the inside game of North Carolina against Purdue, and it just it never materialized. So I was kind of shocked. And, and to be honest with you, poor coaching. Poor coaching out of Purdue. They should have been passing the ball, staying inside all damn day, and they just didn't. They just didn't. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. And i uh, love to hear from you. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously the Final Four is all set, and we'll continue to talk about it throughout the week. We'll get into that discussion. Brewers uh, continue to prepare and get ready for their regular season. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, you've got the Packers. Over the weekend, for those that did not see, uh, the Packers, they signed Kayshawn Nixon, a uh, corner, uh, and they picked him up. He's only 5'10", 5'10", 200, uh, 200 pounds. Uh, I think he was out of, I want to say South Carolina. I'm not positive. But I know he was in uh, 40 games in three seasons with uh, Oakland slash Las Vegas. He's reunited with Bisaccia. Uh, so I, you know, 20 tackles, you know, pass defended, you know, while adding 18 tackles on special teams, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, he's a special teams guy. He adds depth. So maybe you find yourself another diamond in the rough when it comes to that, uh, the way they found Rasul Douglas and and I'm all in favor of that. So it's, it's not poo pooing it at all, but when it comes to the wide receiving core, it is, I, I don't think it's a panic, but there are, I was at a couple of events this weekend. And by the way, we'll talk about the event on Friday, the uh, getting behind the, with the celebrity bartending. I got to talk about that. But everybody I talked to this weekend, I, and a lot of people would come up, hey, I, I don't want to bother you, you know, which is great. I, and look, I love talking, so it's no big deal. And Kristen has no problem. She enjoys meeting people. So it's no, no problem if you want to come up and say hi to us. But everywhere we went, everywhere we went, somebody would walk up and literally say, hey, I don't want to bother you, but. What are they going to do about this wide receiver situation? It's like people are in full-fledged panic mode almost. I don't know if it's panic, we'll say, but there is a genuine concern about whether or not the Green Bay Packers are going to be able to throw the football. And uh, I am going to wait until probably training camp until I have a full-on assessment of what's going on with the Packers and the wide receiving core. There's going to be June 1st cuts. We all know that. Uh, They've got the draft coming up. We all know that. There's more deals to be made. I'm not – and there might be draft day deals by the time it's all said and done. You may see the Packers make a move on draft day uh, trading for somebody for a team that wants to move up in the draft. The the Packers have some some collateral there. So I am not – overly concerned right now uh, about the Packers and about the Packers' ability to to make a move um, and about the wide receiving core. I'm just not. Uh, but there is one thing that bothers me that is probably more so, way more so than Ben Kenny apparently has uh, the angst over Duke making it to the Final Four, and that is the fact that the NFL, do you know what I'm about to say here, here Ben? I think I do. This whole crap about overtime? Yeah. I It absolutely bothers me. It shouldn't, but it does. It bothers me that every time somebody gets beat, we've got to change the rule to make it more fair for them. I don't understand it. It is the epitome of the participation trophy. 
mentality. Now, one general manager said something that I thought was relevant, and I understood it. It helps me a little bit to get to get past this. But the, uh, the what's going on is we saw what happened in the Chiefs game in the postseason. Patrick Mahomes scores, gets the kickoff, goes back down, scores. They throw the ball to Kelsey in the end zone, touchdown, game over. And there's poor Josh Allen sitting on the sideline, and he didn't get a chance to touch the ball. And my argument has always been, I think defense is a part of your team. Correct me if I'm wrong. And if your defense can't stop their offense, you don't deserve to win. You don't deserve to win. And the the Buffalo Bills got beat. Buffalo fans were up in arms about it. Why? I, I don't understand this. So now they want to change the rule to give both teams a touch of the ball. And there's also the Tennessee Titans uh, contingent actually stated, though, that if you score a touchdown and then go for two and get it, that ends the game. Therefore, the other team has no opportunity to touch the football. But you run the risk of not not getting the extra point, not getting the two-point conversion. And therefore, if the other team goes down and scores and kicks the PAT, you lose. So it does add a, a bit of injury. So, but every time, you go back to when Peyton Manning didn't get a shot at touching the football and Aaron Rodgers didn't get a, t- a shot at touching the football and, you know, oh, God, I, well, your defense should be looking at, your defense should be in front of the camera going, we screwed up. We couldn't stop them. We deserve to lose. That's that's part of the game. That's part of the game. But they're looking at it like baseball. You know, the top and the bottom of the inning. Okay, you get a chance to score. Okay, you get a chance to score. Okay, you get a chance to score. You get a chance. It just it's mind-boggling to me how this participation mentality has seeped into our society. Okay. On the other hand, on the other hand, one general manager and I don't know who it was, it was just a quote, said, we have to quit thinking as purists of the game and think about the fans watching the game. And that stuck out to me. As much as I hate it, as much as I hate it, he said we are paying quarterbacks 30 and 40 and more millions of dollars to play the game and you've got a quarterback like Josh Allen sitting on the sideline who never had a chance to touch the football. Ben, do you want them to change the rules so both teams have a shot at, at offense? I don't. I like the rules where they are. Remember, the Bills let the Chiefs kick a field goal when they had 13 seconds to drive the field. See I my think agreement completely. The problem with all this is the overcorrection that happens. Because the Saints were robbed of a Super Bowl berth when the pass interference happened. So now they say, oh, mm-hmm. we can challenge pass interference. But then, obviously, when every, anyone would challenge it, it wouldn't get overturned because everything looks like pass interference under instant replay. I don't even like instant replay overall. I think it takes away a lot of what actually happens on the field when you go down to frame by frame. So the overcorrection, just because one thing happened that everybody saw, I think it's, a, it's become a problem in the NFL. And, I mean, college basketball, it's the worst. All they do right. with the last two minutes is look at who touched the ball last. It, I agree. I, it, I just find it so difficult 
as if they're making a second game out of this. And that's my problem with it. You work your ass off, work your ass off, work your ass off. You're a defense that shuts a team down. It ends up in a tie. Your team happens to get the ball. You go down and score, and now your defense, because just because, has to go back out on the field? I, I It just it bothers me. Uh, it, it's, it's the participation trophy mindset. And it's all favored towards the offense. The rules are favored to the, towards the offense. And if your defense gets a stop, you're supposed to then turn it over? It just, I, I don't know. It, it just, the whole thing just kind of bothers me. And, uh, and I, I shouldn't let it get to me the way it does, but it does. I, I don't understand the mentality. Uh, but I do, again, perspective when you talk about, as one general manager put it, you're paying $40 million, $40, $30, 40000000 million to quarterbacks. Fans pay to see the quarterbacks. They pay to see the offense. They pay to see points. So I, I guess in that realm, I get it. Bill, there is one thing I would be in favor of them going to. I don't want the whole each team gets a possession or if you score six, then they try, or if it's eight, it's over. I would be okay with how college does it, where each team does a two-point conversion, and it's like innings in baseball. Because while it is the worst way to decide a football game, it is hilarious to watch them continuously fail for eight, nine times again. Yep. No, that I get. That I get. Uh, Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, and then... The news over the weekend, the biggest news over the weekend, and I, I'm i clueless. I got to be honest, I'm clueless. So I'm, I'm going to ask you to fill me in. So I'll tell you what that is when we come back. Stay tuned. We got a lot of the Bill Michaels show, obviously, on this uh, on this Monday, this happening Monday, as we continue to roll through the, uh, roll through the day. Stay tuned. We got more right after this. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They are the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. And a week from Thursday, week from Thursday, opening day, and then two weeks from Thursday, our opening day broadcast for the Brewers' home opener at American Family Field. We are going to be live from Stenny, second and national, Walker's Point. Looking forward to it. Bloody Mary's in the morning, some wings, some Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread, sending you off to the game. It's all brought to you by Budweiser, which is the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network and the official beer sponsor of baseball. Good stuff, and we can't wait. Can't wait for that broadcast. But a week um, week from Thursday, Brewers are going to be down in Chicago with the opener. Looking forward to it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. David, looking good. How are we looking? So the big story of the weekend was a non-sports story. And uh, I got to admit, I am not a big entertainment guy. Will Smith apparently walked onto the stage Gave Chris Rock what for? As many 
were silenced. They say you could have heard a pin drop. So, Ben, have you seen it? Because I I saw it, but I'm not, you know, was it real or not? Oh, it was real. 100%. I'm not in that camp. I was uh, in. I was about to go to sleep, and I was surfing Twitter before I did, and it happened. I wasn't watching, but the world exploded. It's one of those nights, if everybody watches something and chaos happens, the instant turnaround to the jokes and the memes are unbelievable. So, I have not seen it uh, other than just in a quick replay. And this was obviously because uh, Chris Rock made a joke about uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's bald head, correct? Something, yes, along those lines. Okay. Apparently these two uh, have a history between the two. Uh, Chris Rock, I guess he made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, but, uh, you know, Will Smith, he came onto the stage um, and then hit Chris Rock in the face. Um, whatever. I it, It's huge. You know, I I have no idea. I guess these two have some kind of a history of being angry with one another. That I don't know. So uh, that was the big story of the night. But in the in the world of sports, I'd rather talk about a Keston Hira home run, or I'd rather talk about you know the the pitching rotation coming up for the Milwaukee Brewers. But that was the big night. I guess that was the big story. So there you go. Was there anything else to it that I need to know? Not really, but, I mean, many are wondering if now sports should ban handshake lines because of what we've seen at the Oscars. <laughs> or if Chris Rock... I think it was all predicated upon uh, Dwan Howard and just because now open-handed, uh, open-handed gophers are now good, right? Oh, if Chris Rock didn't call timeout, then none of this would have happened. Right, right. Yep, exactly. <laughs> the best thing I saw, Bill, after Michigan beat Tennessee... Jawan Howard was hugging and consoling one of the Tennessee players. And obviously yeah. all the people that were on his side during the whole Greg Gard thing were like, oh, you see, he's the best guy ever. So someone tweeted right. last night, hey, look, Will Smith just hugged someone. So he's all good now. Right. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> fine. He's fine. He's all good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, uh, the Brewers. Uh, Do you read the article that uh, Adam McAlvey had on Brewers.com talking about the prediction of who is actually going to be on the opening day roster, the only guy that's listed at first base, Rowdy, T- Rowdy Tellez. Unless Hira, Keston Hira, makes some kind of a surprise, you know, start. Um, the Brewers, this is the 11th consecutive year the Brewers have had a different opening day first baseman. Ever since the departure of Prince Fielder, Rowdy Telez will make 11 straight years the Brewers have had a different first baseman on opening day. God, when you think about that, how long is this? And and the traditional is you're down the lines of power. Third base, first base, left field, right field. Those are usually your areas of power, and you get some power from behind the plate. You don't usually get power out of center, second, short, up the gut. But usually your corners are your power department. Now, Telez, we know, can hit home runs. But you, you've been searching for a guy that can genuinely play first base, has the dexterity, the defensive capability to play first base, and, it, you know, the left-handed hitter's hot corner, if you will, to play first base and give you a little bit of pop. They have not been able to find that guy, that specific guy, for 11 years. And even Prince Fielder. 
that was kind of like his place to go. He developed into a decent first baseman. Now he, he, you know, he's not, you know, big time scoop over there or anything like that. But I mean, he developed into a decent first baseman, uh, but he still didn't have the height to go to climb the ladder and go get it. If you needed him to, you know, you don't have like Richie Sexton was probably the last true first baseman. This team has had, he developed into a really good defensive first baseman. He had good dexterity, had quick hands, had really good mobility when it came to diving for a ball down the line, and and had a strong arm too to be able to go from first to third if he if necessary for force outs. That was probably the last true first baseman the Brewers had, but he also had power. But they have been searching now for eleven years to find themselves a consistent first baseman over there. So Rowdy Telez most likely to make his start this year at first base unless something changes there. Colton Wong, obviously, over at second. Uh, third base, uh, you know, Jace Peterson, uh, Luis Urias. Luis Urias, um, but when he went down with that strained left quad during the second Cactus League game, looks likely to go on the injured list for opening day. So most likely Jace Peterson's going to be your guy. The Brewers don't expect Urias to miss uh, a lot of time. However... Uh, so they will probably, you know, cover that position in short term uh, with a combination of left-handed hitters, uh, Peterson, and right-handed hitters, Brousseau and Reyes. But uh, Jace Peterson projected right now to be your starter because Luis Urias in that, that injury. Willie Adamas over at short. We all know that. Left field is going to be Christian Yelich. You're going to have Andrew McCutcheon with depth out there, even Keston Hura, Lorenzo Cain, Tyrone Taylor. Uh, you've got other guys like Corey Ray, Jonathan Davis, uh, out in center, and then Hunter Renf- Renfro, McCutcheon, David Dahl. You've got guys there that uh, you can project. And then McCutcheon most likely uh, was, is probably going to be your designated hitter. Um, you know, you know McCutcheon, who signed for the one-year $8.5 million, he hit 27 home runs for Philadelphia last season. He's got a pretty good uh, track record of being able to hit left-handed pitching. And in addition to that, you've got that short fence, in uh, in right for uh, for American Family Field, so yeah, you're probably going to throw them there, and uh, you've got uh, obviously good depth and backup when it comes to you know Reyes and Hira and possibly Sullivan and White when it guys guys coming off the bench, and then your starting rotation and your relief pitching: Josh Hader, Devin Williams, Brad Boxberger, Brent Suter. Then there's Jake Cousins, uh, Gustav, uh, Hobie Milner, Trevor Gott. Uh, you've got Miguel Sanchez, J.C. Mejia, Trevor Kelly, Josh Lindblom, uh, Lindblom uh, Rex Brothers, uh, Angel Perdomo. So you've got all of those guys that are good possibilities for the Brewers. So, um, And, you know, I'd mentioned Urias and Justin Topa, both of those guys right now banged up. But that looks like where your, your, your starters are going to be. And it's you've only got Urias and knock on wood. You've only got Urias with an injury right now. You've only got Urias with the injury. Uh, Taylor says Lyle Overbay was good. Lyle Overbay was actually before, though, uh, and you're right, but Lyle Overbay was actually before um, uh, Richie Sexton because they got Richie Sexton in the Lyle Overbay trade. Correct me if I'm wrong. 877-867-1670. But that kind of looks to be your your opening day you know, roster. And... Th- Again, knock on wood, there's, there's no more injuries. Things look pretty good right now. 
when it comes to your your statistics, so to speak, coming out of spring training. Now, I don't, I haven't sat down and watched every game, but there's been moments for a lot of guys. I mean, it's been quiet in some areas for for others, but for the most part, you're just looking at guys right now trying to kind of get themselves together. But here in spring training, Keston here has proven that he can hit the baseball. Now you got to get him out of spring training. That's the big Keston here right now. He leads the team in home runs. Maybe this is his year to break out of all of this. You know, Tyrone Taylor's had a really good, really good spring so far. Um, Andrew McCutcheon has had a decent spring. He hasn't had a lot of at bats. He's only had ten at bats. But uh, and then you look at guys like you know Christian Yelich, and you're kind of like, okay, I'm kind of waiting for Christian Yelich has had fourteen at bats, hitting two eighty six. Not a bad way to go. Two eighty six. The diff- The one thing about Christian is. He's only got one dinger. Now, it's not like, you know, you're sitting there going, oh, my goodness, you know. Everybody else has got four or five or six, but I'd like to see him hit with a little more power. I want to see that power come back. That's what I'm looking to see. 877-867-1670. You uh, have an opinion? Give it to us. We'd love to hear from you. This uh, portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Go to wishd.com. That is wishd.com. They have everything out there that you can possibly think of when it comes to uh, bikes. And by the way, this coming weekend, uh, Bikes and Brews, Saturday. If you don't have a ticket to it yet, get one. It's a lot of fun. A lot of micro-brews are going to be there. They've got some food. They've got music. They clear out the showroom for this event. It's going to be a good one. Go to uh, go to WISHD.com. That is WISHD.com, W-I-S-H-D.com, uh, right there on uh, Highway 67 in Oconomowoc, just south of 94. You can't miss it. You can see it from the highway right there by the new uh, Dockhound Stadium that's being built which is a really cool facility, actually, right off of the highway as well. But right there, WISHD.com for uh, Bikes and Brews coming up this Saturday night. Bikes and Brews coming up Saturday night. We're going to have a good time uh, out there. I'll be there, as a matter of fact, hanging out for a while. So come on out and have a few beverages, taste some local craft brewers, have a little food, listen to a little music, all as you mix and mingle among all the Harleys, the new, the used. They've got everything out there. Stop on out and say hello at Bikes and Brews coming up. This uh, Saturday night, go to WISHD.com for all the information. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Show. we got more coming up after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Friends at Quick Trip, they want to remind you that uh, they got some uh, they got some availability going on right now. If you're a truck driver and uh, you want to be home daily doing the things that you love to do, seeing your family, that kind of stuff, uh, Quick Trip is growing and they're looking for experienced Class A CDL drivers right now for grocery and fuel delivery. So if you are uh, if you're in that area, uh, as far as job opportunities go, go to Quick Trip. Go to quicktrip.com slash go places. Quicktrip.com slash go places. Make uh, about $92,000 a year to start delivering the grocery side of things. If you are a fuel driver and have that classification, you can del- uh, you can actually make over a hundred grand to start. And uh, don't forget, they've got a sign-on bonus right now of $10,000. So that's, uh, that's driving your career right there. That's some good gauge. So all you got to do is go to quicktrip.com slash go places. That is quicktrip.com 
slash go places and join what I consider to be one of the best companies Wisconsin has to offer and in the surrounding areas for that matter as they continue to grow into Iowa and Minnesota uh, and far beyond those borders. So if you're looking for something, uh, something awesome, give them a shot. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout uh, on the line, you can do so. Uh, Brian says, if Ryan Braun could have stayed healthy, he could have worked out uh, over there at first base. He wasn't a good fielder. He was at third base. He was somewhat of a he was a good hitter. He was somewhat of a, a defensive liability, much, much better in the outfield than he was in the infield. Much, much better. 877-867-1670, if you want to find us, do it. Uh, and, and, you know, for all the people that are talking about, can Ryan Braun come back this year as a D8? No, 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 no. I, I know there's – it's really interesting that so many people, you know, you go through Ryan Braun's career, and obviously he's had a lot of ups and the, the major scarlet letter that got posted upon him – during his MVP run when he, you know, he got caught. Um, and there was so much anger towards him. And now so many people pine for him to come back. It's interesting. He's been out of the game for a year, really a year and a half. I mean, year and a few months. Um, because after that, after not this past season, but the season prior, he didn't really do anything. He, I mean, even in last season when he did that uh, interview in spring training with Uke, and he had come back. He did a couple more, you know, kind of cameos, if you will, at Miller Park or at uh, American Family Field. He said, look, I'm not working out for baseball. I'm just working out to stay fit and stay in shape and that kind of thing, but I'm not working out for baseball. He wasn't really doing much of anything. And you, it's not like you just turn it on and turn it off. I mean, it, it's like anything. you got to continually do it to stay sharp. And unless this off season, he worked out like crazy in some tor- type of thought process that he might be able to come back as a DH. He's not coming back. He's not walking through that door, but there's, do you get that Ben? I mean, I know you guys do a lot of stuff out in Madison. Do you guys get the, is Ryan Braun coming back? And now that they have the DH stuff, I hear it. I don't understand it. I don't either. Someone made the joke this morning that uh, during the CBA negotiation, they allowed steroids for two weeks. So maybe that could have worked. <laughs> I didn't make yeah, the joke. That, Someone did. Right. No, that, is, that yeah. isn't. I don't understand no. it. Yeah, I I, uh, I I don't get the pining for Ryan. I, look, he was a fan favorite by many. That I understand. But just because they brought the DH, I, I can't fathom for the life of me why so many people are, are all of a sudden saying, you got to bring him back. He was, for the most part, pretty hurt, pretty banged up throughout his, you know, the latter portion of his career, and his numbers weren't great. So I, you know, I I, I flip flop Richie Sexton and Lyle Overbay. Richie Sexton and Lyle Overbay flip flopped. Uh, Richie Sexton was there for three years early on. Overbay was after that, and then Prince Fielder came in. So I flip flopped them. Bill, it's exactly what the Brewers need, though. Another outfielder slash DH. They don't have enough mm. already. Yeah, I know. I, well, that's just it. You've got McCutcheon. Do you think that he's – McCutcheon's been able to play. Do you think that Ryan Braun would be a better answer than McCutcheon? No. No. Or Renfro. 
or Renfro. Or any of those no, guys. I, you know, I, no, that's that's not going to happen. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Uh, Mark says, uh, what is the over and under on 90 wins this season? Uh, he said out in Vegas they're saying 91. No, I thought Vegas was actually saying 87. Correct me if I'm wrong. Ben, wasn't Vegas? Didn't we do this like last week? Um that we said uh, th- that the betting line was like 87 or something like that? I see 88 and a half. That's what I thought. Um, Which I'd take I'm, the over. I, I was trying to look. Um, I, I'll have to find it during the break. Um, here it is. Uh, the playoff chances for, oh, uh, that's college hoops, women's college hoops, Major, Major League Baseball. The Arizona Dine, let's get to the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, I do um, see 90 on one site. Do you? Okay. The Brewers say they have a 73% chance uh, that they will make the playoffs. Their bet is minus 280 on a yes at 5-14, to 11-5 no, not to make the postseason. And they have them for 89 wins. The line changed somewhat. Go to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. But that's that's where the Brewers are right now. I look. I'm going to take the over. I, I'm you know if you have to bet ninety or above or or eighty nine or below, I'm taking the over on the Brewers. I and I and, and again I don't normally do this, but Milwaukee is picked to win ninety wins um, by what is it uh, the Action Network. The Action Network has the Brewers at 90 wins even. They have the Dodgers at 97.5, the Yankees 92, the Astros 92, the White Sox 91, Blue Jays 91, then the Brewers and the Braves at 90. Um, Where do they have the San Francisco Giants? 85.5 after the San Francisco Giants and the Dodgers got over 100 wins last year. Went on that streak. But, um, yeah, I take the over. I take the over on the Brewers to win 90 games. I, and again, it might not be, you know, 97, but the way it sets up right now, I would take the Brewers. Only reason, and then, well, I shouldn't say the only, but part of the reason why, the Cubs, the Reds, the Pirates, for as much as they play the unbalanced schedule, so you play within your division quite a bit, those teams are just short of terrible. They're just short of terrible. I don't I mean what what do they have and Ben I apologize but I got to go back to this now. What do they have the Cubs and they got the Pirates at 64 and a half. The Cubs at 73 and the Reds at 73. So between the Cubs and the Reds, they don't even have 150 wins between those two teams. Yeah, I, it it's it should be and they got the Cardinals, by the way, at 86. I I would say 94, 95 for the Brewers might be a pretty magic number at that point. Just my thought. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. For those of you that were watching on the Bud Light live stream, I apologize. We just, uh, for whatever reason, there was an update for the antivirus software, and <laughs> it just restarted the computer. So my assumption is you just lost your feed. It'll come back, and uh, and, and you'll get back to it soon. So my apologies. Uh, let's do this. Let's step away. We'll take a quick break, come back. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. 
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. To those of you listening on the Bud Light live stream, again, welcome back. Uh, we had a little bit of a, a glitch because of an update <laughs> that just happened to run right smack in the middle of the program. So my apologies to all of you, and thanks for uh, thanks for reconnecting uh, as we continue to climb. Uh, welcome back to the program, 877-867-1670. Get off the show. Get out. Get it. That's what it said. It basically booted us. I got booted by myself. Didn't feel good. Kick to the crotch. Should have wore a cup to the show today. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. BurnPitBBQ.com. That's BurnPitBBQ.com. If you do it yourself and you're looking for good sauces, rubs, hot sauces, now they have. They are veteran-owned. They're based in the state of Wisconsin, in Racine to be exact. Go to the website, order it up, and it'll be shipped out most likely the next day and on the way to your uh, palatial estate, wherever it is you live. Go to And throughout the country. Not just here in our own backyard, but throughout the country. Say, you li- say you're a snowbird, and you're out right now in the Phoenix area, and you do want to do a little grilling, a little barbecuing. Good to go. Go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. And see for yourself. They're really good people. So we were talking before uh, about uh, Brewers baseball. And the Brewers, oh, I, I wanted to mention this, and I'll get to it. I got a lot of people that have uh, sent me some emails and, and chimed in over on Twitter. That said, talk about uh, the event on Friday. I will. I promise. I promise. I'll get into that um, coming up here in the next hour because we had a great time. It was a lot of fun and raised a lot of money. I'll give you all the details coming up in the next hour. Uh, This one's for Paul who says, uh, we need a steady first baseman. I love the name Rowdy, and it gets the fans up every time a fat, chubby guy. (laughs) Now That's kind of cold, Paul. He's an athlete. He's not a fat, chubby guy. He's stout. He's stout. He says every time a fat, chubby guy comes to the plate, fans go crazy. If he hits a home run, fan go, fans go even wilder. Uh, good luck to the Brewers. I got him at 97 wins. Um, man, a fat, chubby guy. Don't want to be known as that. He's just, he's more, he's more stacked than others in Major League Baseball. I'll give you that. Compact. But, uh, uh, he's compact. I mean, normally, maybe in a prior life, he was seven foot four. They just smashed him down a little bit. It's okay. Good with that. <laughs> it's just eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to hit us up, do it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, well, that's just that's just cold. Uh, what else do we got here for you? This one is from uh, Mark, who says, uh, Tyrone Taylor, what is this going to do for him, bringing him a cutchin? Uh, that's, I look at it as every time he gets an opportunity, they go out and fill that spot with someone else. You know, Kane has had, Lorenzo Kane has had a series of injuries, so you would assume that whether it be Tyrone Taylor, Corey Ray, Jonathan Davis, McCutcheon, somebody's going to get some playing time out there. Somebody's going to get some playing time out there. Um, and don't forget, Lorenzo Cain entering the final season of his five-year deal. And he's acknowledged, he said, you know, th- this might be it. His primary backup is going to be Tyrone Taylor. He's he's proven he can get it done. He's had a kind of a long journey coming up through the minors. 
Uh, but the other guy to keep, they say to keep an eye on is Corey Ray. He's the only left-handed hitting outfielder besides Christian Yelich on the 40-man roster. So he may get some opportunities as well. But Tyrone Taylor is is that guy. So he's if he continues to prove himself, I hate to say that because he's done nothing but toil away in the minors and done everything you've asked him to do. That's it. So I, I, I understand that people want to see Tyrone Taylor. You've got, for whatever reason, you've got a liking for him, and I, I can appreciate that. But to me, you've got a stacked outfield. You really do. You've got a stacked outfield for this team with Christian Yelich, McCutcheon, Lorenzo Kane, Renfro, all guys that know how to play it. All guys that know how to play it. And then Tyrone Taylor, a guy that's just chomping at the bit to get there. Corey Ray, another guy chomping at the bit to get there. I'm I'm fine with what the Brewers have outfield-wise. And if you get anything, if you get anything out of Lorenzo Cain, it's it's nothing but a positive. If you get now again, this is this is predicated upon the fact that Christian Yelich is going to give me a, a shadow more so, or more of a shadow than what Christian Yelich has given you the past couple of years, a year and a half. Uh, I'm I'm looking for Christian Yelich to have a big bounce back year. He's a year removed completely from that knee injury. He's a year removed completely from having that bad, you know, sixty game season in which they played because of COVID. He he looked okay at times last year. He'd go on this tear, and then he just withered away. And I remember saying, look, this is it. This is kind of like, what are you getting out of this guy? And then when he went on the tear, people were like, oh, he's back. I told you so. And then he went away. So will the real Christian Yelich please stand up? And I hope he comes back this season. I hope that we get the pre-contract Christian Yelich this year. Because if you do, this team then – just looks almost, with what they have on paper, unbeatable. And I don't mean unbeatable in the sense that they're going to go undefeated, so don't quote me on that. What I mean is you're talking a 95-97 to win team with the legitimacy of with veterans, with clutch hitting, with guys that can play defense and pitching, with all of that going to the postseason. To me, it becomes them and the Dodgers, and that's really about it in an NLCS. And I think if the Brewers finally, because you gotta, at some point, you gotta take that next step. You're, you know, it's kind of like for a long time, you got swatted down by Tom Brady and the Patriots, and nobody in the AFC, including Peyton Manning, was gonna get past them on a consistent basis. Same thing going back to the years that you had Jordan. You know, Jordan just, once he took over, nobody in the Eastern Conference was gonna be able to get out of the Eastern Conference past Jordan. Okay. Right now, the Dodgers have just been so good. And they've got solid pitching. And Clayton Kershaw is their third, fourth guy in the rotation. I mean, that's how good they are, you know, even though he's starting to age a bit. But they have just got a good plethora of talent, a good mix uh, when it comes to the starting rotation, good back end of the bullpen. So you got to get past those Dodgers. Once you take that next step, then everything begins to fall into place. You get you got to get to a World Series to be able to do that. But you, you got to – this is the year that if everything – if they stay healthy – and guys hit to the back of their baseball card, uh, you got to believe that the Brewers are right there already in an NLCS on paper. But it's a, it's a long run because you're going to see a couple of things. One is a fast start to the season because of the very short spring training, so you got to pray that the arms stay healthy. That's first and foremost. And then secondly, because there's going to be so many doubleheaders, 
you want to really be the, the, what, what what Craig Council and David Stearns are going to be doing this year in in managing time and innings is going to really be significant in the lack of or prevention of injuries and because it it does take a toll on the body so it's going to be uh it's going to be an interesting season i'm i'm excited for baseball i know we went through the hell that was rob manfred and i know we went through the hell of the lockout and the bargaining sessions and then a couple of excuse me, a couple of years ago and all the crap that went on and the arguing over money and the 60-game season and all that. I get that. There's a, there's a sour taste right now in baseball fans' mouths. But as far as a Brewers fan goes, we're coming out of the shoot legitimate this year. Coming out of the shoot legitimate, and I'm excited. One hour down, three to go. And uh, we had a tremendous, 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 tremendous night last Friday night. I'm going to tell you about it when we come back. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.